Johnny D, the motivational cowboy with this week's Outstanding Life podcast. And I am right now at the offices of Eric Gorges. What is going on, buddy? How you doing, man? Outstanding. Man, I tell you what, you got a cool shop here. I go... I walked in. I, this isn't the same shop that I was at uh, about ten years ago. That's for sure. <laughs> it's changed a little bit, man. I, you know, I couldn't wait to do this podcast with you because me and you have so much in common, and I don't even know if you realize how much we have in common. But you started Voodoo Choppers back in April of 1999, and that's about the year that I started speaking professionally and actually making money doing it. Oh, that's that's cool. been a long time. We didn't have gray back then. No, no, no. A lot more gray, man. <laughs> it's crazy. It's like uh, it sort of creeps up on you. Yeah. Bit, no, you know? man. I, I tell you what. So I'm just going to start this uh, podcast off with, um, man, how did you go from working IT to quitting a, a real job or what people call a real job. Yeah. And then you went to work with a, um, with a guy that taught you how to, to play with metal, yeah. to owning your own shop, to being on Biker Build-Off on Discovery Channel, to then having your own show. Man, I, I mean, we, <laughs> we only have an hour, but I tell you what, that, I mean, what, what, I'm I'm pumped up to hear the story of how this all started. Yeah, it's it's been a hell of a trip, that's for sure. You know, it's uh, uh you know, it's one of those things. It's like you really need to think about what's important in life and that that's going to keep changing, you know, right. and evolving and I think you you should be open to accepting that and and go for it, you know, like Yeah. No, so 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 you give up a real job, and and and, and I and I keep going back to that because I'll never forget the day that I quit my corporate job, and my dad told me that I was the dumbest person in the world because I was making good money, I had full benefits, oh yeah, which, which was a big deal to them, and uh, and then it went to uh, two years went by, and uh, I, I went through that transition period of being broke, and um, but still learning my craft. Yeah. Did you gave up everything and then you went to uh who did you work with? Who was your mentor? So uh when I left I started I worked for Xerox, right? Oh, um, okay. That's the company I worked for in yeah. IT. And I was with them for I don't know, twelve years, maybe maybe a little longer. Um I started working with them when I was sixteen. And I got sick, you know? And it was during that time that I sort of took a look at what I was doing. And, and a friend of mine said, hey, you know, what if you didn't do this for a living anymore? Like, what what would you do if yeah. you could do anything? You know, like, yep. you know how people say that. Absolutely. What would you do if you won the, the lottery, right? That's kind of funny because that's my last question for you. So, <laughs> yeah, right. And so we'll make it the first question. Well, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But that's that sort of life, you yeah, know, like that's absolutely. really, if you think about it, like that's how we should all be looking at things. Like, amen. You're only here once. So, so did at that point then, did you almost have, I call them the aha moments that, that you're like, yeah, what would I do? Well, it was a little bit, John. You know, like to tell you the truth, um, I say friend, but he was my shrink, right? Okay, and, yeah. And because what happened was I started developing a, a severe anxiety disorder and it had gotten to the point where 
my life had changed so much because of this anxiety mm-hmm. um, that I actually became agoraphobic, you know, and, and, and I stopped eating and I stopped, I, you know, I, my life just, the, my world shrank. Right. Yeah. Quickly, very quickly within a matter of a few months, I, I, you know, was not the person I normally was. Right. And, um, and it made me think about, all right, well, what could I do? You know, like, what if I do something else? How old were you? Um, I was in my 20s. Um, I don't remember exactly how old right. I was. But um, it just sort of made me think about the possibilities. Yeah. And he could have came to me and said, uh, you need to build a rocket ship and go to the moon. <laughs> And if I thought that was going to make me better, I would have done that. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, you know? Absolutely. But, yeah. Uh, he said, well, he asked me, what would you do? And I said, I didn't even think about it. Mm-hmm. I, I'd work my hands. I'd make stuff. And he said, well, what would you make? I said, I don't, I don't know, you know, but I love working with my hands and I love making things. Yeah. It's not about making any one particular thing. It's about making things. Right. right? Absolutely. And, you know, that just opened up a whole new world to me. You know, like, really, you could do anything you want. Being a craftsman saved your life. Absolutely. Kinda. Yeah, working with my hands, 100%. 100%. I mean, I'm getting goosebumps right now. I, I mean, I didn't know that. And and, yeah. and, and, it, and it's so cool because that's what this podcast is about, is, a, is about leaving legacies. But it's also about learning and, and that we all go through the same stuff in life. Just may, maybe in a different way. Oh yeah, um, and and me and you were joking around prior to to uh, hitting the uh, re- record button, and you know a lot of things that people don't know about me is I'm a very shy person, you know because yeah. pe- because people told me I couldn't do certain things, and I flip in, prove them all wrong. Yeah, you know what I mean. And um, so you went to work for a a a, um, a mentor. Did you get paid for that, or 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 was it like one of those things that people say? Listen, I'll sweep the shop. I'll do whatever. I just want to be around you and learn this. So I'll tell you, you know, um, when I chose that I wanted to learn how to work metal, Mm -hmm. right? Like I grew up around woodworkers and and I worked in woodworking since I was a little boy. So throwing a hammer and nails uh, was familiar to me and comfortable. And I really enjoyed working with wood. Right. Metal intrigued me because... I didn't have any experience with it. And I always want to learn how to weld and work with torches and, you know, work with metal hot and cold, but I didn't know anything about it. And I, you know, just literally stumbled upon one of the best metal shapers in, in the States, you know, Ron Fournier was his name and his background was in racing. Okay. So, um, his shop was in Troy and so it was very close to my house and I just started going over there and I met him and, you know, we sort of hit it off, became friends and, and I would stop over there multiple times a week and I, and I just hang out and say hi. And right. after about a year, he said, uh, I got a big job coming in. I need to hire, you know, a couple of apprentices, you know, anybody. Wow. And, and that was it. That was changed everything, you know? And then, yeah, I did get paid, you know? But yeah. That, awesome. Like, I don't know, seven bucks an hour, or $8 <laughs> right. an hour, whatever it was, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? And it, but, and it wasn't even about the money. No. You know, so, so, so you learn the, 
the trade. Mm-hmm. Then you decide that, you know what? I want to open my own shop. Yeah. And, and why and why motorcycles? Because uh, I like bikes. Okay, so were you always a, a guy that rode? Yeah, I okay. loved motorcycles. Gotcha. You know, I, I've, I started riding in, you know, my late teens, early 20s type of thing is when I got my first street bike. And Now, were you the kind of guy that, that when you were at home at mom and dad's, were you the guy that always was taking your bike apart and redoing it oh, yeah. and, and everybody else's and everything, putting everything yeah. on there? I was into cars, you know, like yeah. originally, you know, so, you know, I was heavy into Mopars and, and, and I was just sort of a gearhead, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like yeah. I loved cars and motorcycles and anything with an engine in it, you know? And, um, when I decided this is what I was going to do, I thought, you know what? I like working on motorcycles. I, I'd built, uh, a couple for myself and helped some friends and stuff like that and worked, you know, part-time at a bike shop, uh, as a mechanic type thing. And I said, well, I'd sort of like to make a bike from scratch, you know, like yeah. build the entire motorcycle. That's what I want to learn how to do. <laughs> and that's what led me into working with Ron because I wanted to learn how to shape metal so that I could make fuel tanks and fenders from flat metal. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I didn't want to buy something out of a catalog and modify right, it. Right. Yeah. I wanted to come up with an idea and just build it. Eric, what was the first thing that you ever made that, that, that you looked at and said, wow, I made this from that to this. Do you remember what it was? Ah, it was probably something like a pan or probably something like that. Something probably easy. In metal? Yeah. Oh, um, probably a rack. Like one of the first things I made when I was with Ron was a, was a wheel rack, you know, okay. for, 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 uh, uh, English wheel anvils, you yeah. know, the lower wheels. And, um, and then I, you know, I remember making my first fuel tank, which is up there. No kidding. You know, that's, that's so cool. The first fuel tank I ever made. And, um, it's sitting in my office on a shelf and, um, how scary was it? To open your own business back in 1999, and why? Oh, looking back at it, I was an idiot. (laughs) I had no. (laughs) It hasn't changed much, you know. Like it, it, it. I didn't have a business plan. Yeah. Other than I want to build motorcycles, and I started in my garage at the house, Mm -hmm. and and it, you know, started to grow from there, and I ran out of space, and then. Um, Ron had got to a point where he was going to shut down his shop and start slowing down a little bit. And I was like, all right, well. So you ran out of space at mom and dad's garage. Was it mom and dad's or was it yours? No, no, it was, it was at my house. Okay. Uh, I had a, you know, smaller garage there and, and, um, sort of ran out of space. You know, the, the, the business was starting to grow a little bit Mm -hmm. and it was my old dad my, my, my dad that sort of pushed me and he was like, you know, uh, you should lease a building. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, I, I didn't really have a business plan. I didn't have, you know, a lot of future work or work in progress. I just had some and, uh, yeah, I just went all in, you know, I got a bank bank loan for <laughs> 20 grand, I think, and, uh, bought a bunch of equipment. And what was your first bike? Do you remember what it looked like? So the first bike that I built under the voodoo name, 
Um, I built that at, actually in, in the garage okay. shop, and that was a blue FXR. Okay. Okay. And then, uh, and I built that uh, with my brother. And then from there, it just started growing. You That's know, so cool. Started picking up more jobs and more work, and and it, and then it just started to to really take off. So how, why the name Voodoo Choppers? I was curious about that. I was, I was up having a, a drink last night and I was watching some of your videos and I was like, you know what? Why Voodoo Choppers? Yeah. I wish I had a more, <laughs> you know, polished story for it because I'm, I'm often asked this and honestly, like every single PR person that I've ever worked with yeah. has said, oh, you should really come up with a great story behind this. And there really isn't one, you know, right, it's yeah. like, I, I knew I was going to open up a bike shop and I was going through names and that was one of the names on there. Big Bad Voodoo Daddy <laughs> had a big song at the time in the nineties. I was listening, you know, in my car and, yeah. you know, the, the DJ said, you know, they announced Big Bad Voodoo Daddies and I was like, Voodoo Choppers, it's got a cool, cool sound to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And, uh. I talked to a couple friends and I said, what do you, out of these names here, what do you think? And everybody liked voodoo. And I was nice. like, yeah, that's cool. So you're building bikes. Then all of a sudden you get a call from discovery channel to do a biker build off. I mean, how did that, how many years were you in business when that happened? Cause I mean, dude, that had to been like the coolest part of like one day just saying, I'm going to open my own shopping on what the heck did I get myself into to all of a sudden being on one of the coolest shows at the time a biker build-up, and you were competing against the biggest name, yeah. the biggest name in, in, in motorcycles. Yeah, yeah. How did that all happen? Um, so, let's see, biker build-off was, that was 2004, mm -hmm. okay, so, and I started Voodoo in 99, so we'd been in business for five years. Okay. All right? And in that five years, the company had changed quite a bit. I mean, it, it had grown to a pretty good size by then. And, um, we had built a number of bikes and they were coming to Detroit. Okay. They had already signed Ron Finch on. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, Ron, I knew Ron, Ron was a buddy of mine. Well, I was building frames and Ron needed some help building a frame. I mm -hmm. had a full table and, um, you know, he, he asked about building the frame at my shop and that's sort of how the introduction went no from kidding. there. Yeah. And we put a package together for discovery, you know, okay. and for Hugh King was the uh, producer of that yep. show. And so we had put a package together that sort of talked about the different bikes we built and, and, you know, so it's not like one after it. It, it, it's, it's more of a, like, and, and that's what people don't understand about TV is they think that you just get a phone call one day and all of a sudden you got a camera crew. Sometimes, and, and sometimes it does happen. Yeah. You're right. Sometimes it does, but it didn't happen that time. No. But what did, what was it like when you knew that, that you were going to go up against Ness? It was, it was, <laughs> I, I'm, yeah, it was one of the coolest things ever because we like really went after getting on biker build off. You know what I mean? Right, like yeah. I, I came right out when I was working <laughs> with, with Ron's stuff, uh, you know, I came right out and said, Hey, I want to be on the show. How do I get on the show? Yeah. You know? And it, it wasn't a matter of sitting back and waiting for them to ask me. It was, we went after it and 
and we were sort of aggressive about it, you know? Um, but I remember getting that phone call. It was, it was late at night, you know, I was still at the Rochester shop and I remember when Hugh called me at night. Did you think that somebody was pranking you? I didn't. No, okay. no, no, no. <laughs> because, you know, that, that happens a lot. You know, you, your buddies are playing jokes yeah, on you and stuff no, like that. No, I didn't. <laughs> I knew it was him because his I, voice. <laughs> yeah. I had just, uh, I was down at a show. I forget where that was at, maybe Kentucky or something like that. And I was at a dinner with Hugh and a bunch of other people. And he called a couple of days later and said, Hey, I've got an idea to put you on a show. And, we're going to put you up against uh, Corey Ness and it's going to be, you know, this David and Goliath story. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, kick ass dude. I'm in. And <laughs> that was it. I watched that episode the other night sitting in my hotel room. I was out uh, in Virginia at a gig and I watched that episode twice. And it was funny because the, the tank you made was literally probably only two or three gallons. If that, Oh, it wasn't and, even that. Yeah. <laughs> and you were joking around going, I don't care, but it looks cool. <laughs> yeah. And so you were on the road and had to, yeah. had to ride that bike 700 miles. Right. <laughs> yeah. Did they ever, I, I'm just curious. Did they ever get sick of like, they were, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they were, so, you know, when, when you do the, the show, they tell you like, all right, you're, we're going to have a gas stop every, uh, 40 miles, I think was the gas stop. So they said, you should really get plan about at least 50 miles to a tank. I was like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> and I didn't care. You right. know, like I built the bike the way I wanted to build the bike. Yeah. And, and, um, and I was really proud of it. You know, we had a whole team of people and everybody put, they're all into it. Things were going good at that at that time. It's okay, buddy. Buddy is hanging out with me here. Yeah, <laughs> bud, my and shop your, dog. Yeah, your shop dog, which is two years old, and he's just a, a wonderful dog, and he actually is liking me. So, yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. So he thinks everybody comes here just to hang out with him. <laughs> so, did things really amp up after you're on TV? Um, probably not the way you think. Okay, you know, a lot of people yeah. they they think like, oh, well, you're on TV, so you're gonna you know, now you got all kinds of money. And that's exactly why I'm asking you this, Eric, is, and you know that everybody sees you on TV or on stage and they just think that you're a millionaire. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not really like that. What it did was bring, uh, credibility to the name Voodoo Choppers mm -hmm. and, and to my name. Yeah. And, um, it brought awareness to that brand. right? Right. So more people had heard of the name, more people had, uh, maybe seen the episode and that kind of stuff happened. You know what I mean? But, uh, you know, dude, I remember it, <laughs> it wasn't a year after the show aired. Right. And so by that time we were doing quite a few shows and we were traveling a lot and in and out. And did you watch the episode when it, when it, when it, when it came out? I'm just curious because I, I I know how I am when when I do things I usually don't even watch, but that had to have been such an exciting time for you and your family and friends. And yeah, everything we had else. a big a big premiere party, you know, mm -hmm. and um and it was it was awesome, you know, but but that was the only time I saw the episode was at that <laughs> premiere party, and it was in a bar with you know yeah hundreds of people there and and uh, um and it was pretty cool, but no, I haven't. <laughs> You know, I haven't seen it in, I couldn't tell you the last time I actually saw that right. episode, you know, uh, and I don't, 
really, I'm proud of it. Yeah. But I don't enjoy watching myself on television. You right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, even well, today, I don't watch the broadcast episodes of A Craftsman's Legacy. Well, it, okay, so so that that's the next part of this. That one question is: you go from building choppers, and, and I mean building choppers for big corporations. Oh yeah, and yeah. and 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 some you know uh, famous people and stuff like that. That's all cool. But then all of a sudden, you come up with an idea to have a show on PBS, which I think is really cool. And I want you to tell that that story of why you chose PBS. Uh, and the show is called A Craftsman's Legacy. Mm-hmm. Did that just happen overnight? Or again, everybody thinks it happens because all of a sudden they see it on TV. Hmm. But was that years of thinking about it and like planning for years. it? Really? Yeah. yeah. See, so, and people don't realize that, that, that you had a dream one day, but then it took six years to make it all happen. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, And, you know, during that time... You know, one day you got some money and the next day you're eating ramen noodles. And, right. Or, we, and we talked about that. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes it's like, you know, you're flat ass broke for yeah. a long time, man. And you go through all kinds of different trials so and tribulations. Why, why a show that you travel the country and you get to learn how other people do their craft? Is well, it is it one you wanted to learn how to do their craft and you're like hey a TV show would be perfect to do this or was it hey you know what I'm great at what I do and people think it's cool what I do and I want to show how many other cool craftsmen there are out there uh so it 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 really has nothing to do about me okay yep like and the show was never about me it was about highlighting craftsmen and craftsmanship and these skill, <clears throat> pardon me, these skills that are, you know, some, sometimes they're thousands of years old. Yeah. Right. Like the, the term craftsman, that's, that's not a new term. I mean, that's right. a term that's, that's, that's literally thousands of years old. It's been around forever. Right. And something that people knew them as that person. Correct. You're a craftsman in steel or horseshoes or this or basket weave, whatever it was. You were a craftsman in that field. Man, woman, child, whatever it was, you were, were a that, craftsman. That's an honored title. Absolutely. Right? To, to yes. hold, to, to, to say that you're a craftsman. When you're good at your craft. Yeah. You're, that, yeah, you're right. It's like, that's, that's you feel an, good about that, it. That's an honored title to Absolutely. hold. Absolutely. In my eyes, that's the equivalency of being so a doctor. So it wasn't about you. No. It was about showing other people. But I wanted to host the show. Right. No, 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 no. I you were the vehicle. The you were the vehicle to show what other people do. But the point of the show, the point of the show, right, it, 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 it's really about inspiring people. Yeah. So we we have this little, um, uh, I don't know, I, I call it the, the, the spirit of the show, right? It's inspire, discover, restore. It's three yep. little words, right? And the whole point of it, the whole show has always been driven by those three words, right? To, to inspire people to work with their hands again, mm-hmm. right? And to help people discover craftsmanship again and to restore those values in the U.S., Yeah, right? Because we've lost that. We've lost touch with working with our hands again and appreciating people that do work with their hands again, mm-hmm. you know? And you would hear, you know... It, it, when I was growing up, right, it would it would be you'd hear like, oh, well, you better go to school or you're going to become a ditch digger, right? <laughs> right. Well, let me tell you something, man. I actually know a guy whose dad was a ditch digger. Yep. 
this cat built a giant business behind digging ditches. <laughs> and when it came time to build his house, he built it himself and with his friends and had a beautiful house that he owed nothing on, all from digging ditches. Mm -hmm. So being a ditch digger and being good at it, being a craftsman at that, it's not a bad way of life, man. Amen. You know, and, and, and we're both from Detroit, you know what I mean? And the automotive business is, oh, yeah. is huge here. And, and let me tell you something. When you walk through a, a plant, those men and women working in that plant are proud to Hell be yeah. working. And they should be. And, and I'm getting goosebumps right now because people are like, oh, well, you're just this or you're just that. No. I am that, yeah. not just. Take the word just out of people's vocabulary because you should be proud of whatever it is that, that you do. Be proud of it, man. And and that, and, it, and it's funny, you said those those three things, and I tweeted that today when I, when I said, hey, I was on my way out here um, because it is important. It's important even if you are a, and there's nothing wrong with being a doctor, lawyer, and all those other cool things. My daughter is a clinical psychologist, had to get her master's degree at it and do all those fun things. But you know what? I was telling you earlier, she still needs an outlet to be creative. Oh, yeah. And that's where me and her have so much fun together. We'll, we'll go buy something or pick something out of the trash. Now, I can go buy whatever I want. But me and her spend days working on one project together. Can't take that away. You can't take that time away of father and daughter time. I don't work on bikes. I don't get dirty for a living. But let me tell you something. That time that I spend getting dirty with my daughter... I get, I, I get chills and, and I, I get teary-eyed thinking about how cool it is and how fun it is. And usually it's her coming up with the ideas and then I'm doing the work and her <laughs> watching me. But, <laughs> and she's like, well, Dad, I am smarter than you. You yeah. know what I mean? But, it, but, but you're right. There is something to be said that when you take something from nothing and make it and you walk away and your heart's in the right place, your mind's in the right place, that's pretty cool. I got I to no, go ahead. You were going to say something. Well, you referenced earlier, like, you know, working with my hands sort of saved my life. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's really what it was, was allowing my mind to go someplace else, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. and allowing myself to lose, you know, myself, my mind in my hands and in what I'm doing and my work that, um, gave me clarity. Let know? me ask you this. What, who, or how do you stay motivated and inspired to do the creative work that you have to do every single day for other people. How do you, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know what it is for you, but you have to stay motivated and inspired to do all this cool stuff for other people. Oh, sure. Yes. <laughs> but so what do you do for yourself? Well, to me, that's an honor though. I mean, yeah. to, to have somebody else ask you to, to make something for them, uh, that's an honor. Mm -hmm. And and I'm the first one to tell people I'm not for everybody. Mm -hmm. You know, I work my own way under my own terms. Amen, brother. And yes. I, and that's not a good fit for everybody. No. And yeah. I tell people that. I'm like, dude, this is a lot of money. One way or the other, whether it's 500 bucks or, you know, $50,000, right. it's a lot of money. Yeah. And you need to be comfortable with this transaction or you're not going to enjoy it. Did it take you a long time to... To have that attitude? Yeah, and, it took a while. And, yeah. and the reason why I ask you is in the beginning of my career, I had that exact same um, aha moment that I was doing every gig out there. I don't care if it was a school. I don't care if it, whatever it was. But then one day I'm like, wait a second. I am not all these things. I am one kind of speaker. And it, and I am high energy. I, you know what I mean? I get the people riled up. I have fun. 
And I'm not for everybody, but I let them know now. Hey, you know what? I may not be your speaker, but I'll help you find somebody that is. Oh, and yeah. I have no problem saying, like, you have to be comfortable with who you are and what you do. Am I right or wrong? Uh, 100%, yeah. It, yep. but, but it takes a long time, don't it, to, to get to that point where you're, you're confident in yourself and your ability to know that, hey, you know what? This is the way I am. Well, you have to realize that, you know, there, we're all different, right? Yeah. And I remember when I started my shop in Rochester, uh, a guy um, named Gary, he had a, a shop by Voodoo. Um, he had a collision shop and he, he was a big bike guy. He used to come by my shop often and we became friends. And he told me one day, and this was early on, man, I was there seven days a week. I was there all the time, mm -hmm. all the time, at least 14, 16 hours a day, every day. And he came to me and he said, dude, this is your business. You need to run your business your way. And customers will understand that. And they'll, they'll, be okay with that. Mm -hmm. But you need to define that. Right. And I was like, no, 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 no. I just need to work all the time. And he was like, okay. And, and I think about that often because, you know, now I don't work weekends if I don't have to. And I try to take time and, you know, I go out fishing and I spend time with my daughter as mm -hmm. much as possible. And, you know, I love working, but I know that you have to, you have to take time and enjoy life because today is your life. Right now is your life, right? It's not tomorrow, you know? You're talking about balance. Absolutely, yeah. Not long ago, somebody came up to me and um, they said, I've been following you for a long time. And um, he says, I want to tell you something. Now, this is a man a little bit older than me and stuff. He goes, I admire you. <laughs> and I looked and I'm like, yeah, right, okay, you know, um, he says, I wish I could be like you. And I'm thinking to myself, where's this guy going with this conversation? He says, I wish I could be like you because you, my friend, found balance in your life. And he hugged me and he started crying and he's just like, one of these days I'm going to be just like you. And I thought to myself, man, that is tough to find. You oh. know what I mean? Because let me, let, me, let me tell you something. Back in the day... And, and I still do, man. I mean, listen, I have to travel when I go work. I miss funerals. I miss weddings. I miss my daughter's birthdays. I mean, there's a lot of things that I have to do because I travel. and Or I miss a lot of things because I travel so much. And I'm not saying I don't travel as much because I do. But when I am home, I'm home now. There's a difference. Oh, I yeah. take that time. I force myself to have even me time going out to my man cave and having a couple beers or whatever it may be, you know, you have to find that balance in your life. So let me ask you this. You ha you guys have been in magazines. You have been on uh, uh, magazines, books, television shows. You've even, I heard, your bike or bikes been in movies. Yeah, it was. A, uh, I want to hear about yeah. this one because I, I was like, I don't even want to know I, but until, until the podcast. What movie were you in or what bike what was your movie in? Uh, like, I, I didn't know you were a movie star too. No, 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 no nothing <laughs> like that. It was, uh, it was a uh, production, local production, um, of a movie called Annabelle and Bear, and I, I saw the movie. I, I can't really remember the, the, uh, the storyline itself, but, um, 
it was a local production. My my mom called me one day. She said, "Hey, so and so at work is involved with this movie somehow. I can't remember how, and you should go talk to him because it's about you know bikers and they they need a point of reference." Yeah, and I, I'm not your typical biker guy, you know, <laughs> but um. We talked and they said, hey, can you come down and talk to us? And then I showed up and they were like, hey, have you ever done any acting? I said, no. Would you read uh, for, you know, a part? And I said, yeah, sure. I I didn't, I don't know anything about that. (laughs) You got to be you and that's it. And I I remember doing the reading and and I was horrible at it. I, that was the first time I had seen anything and, (laughs) and they didn't choose me for anything, but what they ended up using, uh, I don't know. You know, just <laughs> just help with motorcycle stuff and yeah, um, yeah. That's yeah, good. That that's pretty long, cool. Long yeah, but it's ago, still cool though. I mean, hey, listen, it, it was that, fun. That that that's something that you can like take off your bucket list and say I was in a movie. It doesn't matter how big, small it was, or whatever else. You were still in a movie. Uh, it, yeah, yeah, it was. It was fun. Now, those of you that can't see him because this is all audio, he was just like, he's shaking his head, going, "No, that wasn't as good as it, and cool as it sounds." No, it was. Uh, you know, I, I was like a, a, a what I forget what they call that the the people in the background, but oh, um, the extra. Yeah, there you go, man. You you once said, or I once heard you say that you wanted to build the best bikes in the world. And you didn't spend much time worrying about the competition, but always working on being a better craftsman. One hundred percent, yeah. I took that when I when I when I heard that, and um, I thought about again just these these similarities that that me and you have. And I and I thought about that when I first started out in the motivational business. Man, people are like, "Who did you look up to? Was it Anthony Robbins? Was it?" I'm like, "No, no, no, and no." And they're like, "Well, why?" I said, because I didn't want to be somebody else. I wanted to be me. What What is it like for you to not have to worry about the competition? Because that that's an art all by itself. Because especially with social media and everything else these days, people are going to like you or hate you, and they have no problem hiding behind keyboards to say something, you know? Yeah, and, and uh, I don't worry about it too much. Like, I don't, you know, I've never been a big bike show guy so we don't enter our bikes in a lot of shows my clients might but yeah but we don't uh and now we don't even really do that many rallies or shows at all are you um, still working on your craft all the time are you still well, learning yeah yeah well yeah jesus yeah <laughs> you know i i told my daughter this the other day um because she was she was in a competition uh for horse riding and i said you know don't worry about where you're going to place. Don't even think about where you want to place. Just do better today than you did yesterday. Yeah. That's all you got to worry about. Do a better job today than you did yesterday. And every day you keep doing that. And eventually you'll get where you want to be. But don't worry about it. Like, it'll all work itself out. You know, you're just like me. And we were and we were talking earlier that... Um, you know, I pride myself on being a good dad. You know what I mean? After all these years. I try to be a good dad. Yeah, no, I mean, well, <laughs> it's something you have to work for. It's not like yeah. that, that there's a flipping book that, that, that you read and become a good dad. Um, does your daughter ever say, hey, dad, I want to go to work with you. I want to do what you do for a living. And, and I ask that because like my daughter, she could care less what her dad does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We don't talk about 
we don't really talk about what I do. Like she'll come to the shop, you right. know, and, and we'll make stuff together. Or sometimes I'll say, Hey, you know, hon, I got to go to the shop and do this. And, but, uh, you know, if you want to hang out in my office and then afterwards we'll do a project together, you know, we do that kind of stuff, but. Has she ever welded? Um, <laughs> has she welded? No, she's used torches. Um, and we've done woodworking and some metalworking together. And, you know, there's some equipment that she's not comfortable with. Right. So I teach her how to, you know, respect machinery and, and how to pay attention to what you're doing. And, you know, but this is, um, I couldn't wait to ask you this question because back in the day you could have moved anywhere in the country to do what you do for a living. Mm -hmm. You could open up a shop anywhere, but you decided to stay in Detroit and represent Detroit. Why Detroit? Why did you stay here? And the reason why boy. I'm asking you is because people ask me all the time, you could live anywhere in the country. Why do you stay in Detroit? I go, because I'm proud to be from Detroit. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I grew up here, right? Right. Yeah. And uh, I've traveled a lot. You know, I've been uh, all over the place yeah. in the States and there aren't a whole lot of places like Detroit, man. There's just <laughs> not a lot of places like Detroit. Like um, the wherewithal. And the tenacity of people in Detroit, and mm -hmm. and everybody has a hustle, right? Yeah. Like yeah. everybody here has a hustle, or two or three, <laughs> right? And you know, you don't see that elsewhere. Yeah, and the people are special, and yeah, I'm I'm just a Michigan boy. So, when shooting your show, The Craftsman's Legacy, do you get to keep everything that you build? Because let me tell you something: I watched probably 15 episodes mm -hmm. in the last three days, and I get captivated in all of these men and women that, that do all these cool things, dude. I mean, you built a guitar yeah and, yeah. and let me tell you that I could just tell, I play guitar and that was a, a badass guitar, right? Yeah. Okay. And, and then, and then, I mean, you made a whiskey steel. I mean, you made all, you made skis, you, 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 you made a horn. I, I mean, all these cool things. Do you get to keep this stuff? I mean, do you, do, are you going to take me to the back room here in a little bit and, and like you're going to show me everything that you got to keep? Yeah, if you look around the office, you'll <laughs> see a lot of it. So um, some of it I do and some of it, you know, I don't. It depends on the person. Sometimes they they uh, will, you know, offer it as a gift and they'll they'll gift it to me. Right. Um, sometimes I buy it. It just depends on on the episode and what it is and... Well, this is going to be a good time to take a break because you, like literally, we are just doing this podcast right now and somebody just walked in your front door. So I am going to pause right now before I ask you the next question yeah, that's cool. because this is why we do things and I'm going to let you take care of this. All right. Well, we're back and Eric just took care of not only one. Eric, you said earlier... You said, I love doing this because I love seeing the smiles on the customers' faces. This is what, when I said, what inspires you? It's, you said, the, doing things for other people, making something that they've been saving maybe money for years and years and years and finally getting enough to bring it to your shop and to have something made and created with your hands. I just saw two of those people. Now I know why you do what you do. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you, you you have one guy comes in and says, hey, listen, you you took care of something six years ago for me. I got a new bike. It's basically in pieces. I want you to put it back together for me. And then you have another guy that 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 says, hey, man, you're, you're literally building a bike from nothing. And he just leaves and, and he's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's what gets you up every single day, isn't it? Yeah, it's an honor, man. 
Man, that is so cool. Is. So, so do you get out and ride a lot? No, not as much as I used to. Do you have a favorite bike? Uh, yeah, you know, I've got uh my rider. Uh, I only own two bikes, right? So really, mm-hmm. yep. You uh, work on bikes every single day, but you only have two bikes yourself. Yep. yep wow. Yep, yep. So uh, I own the bike we did for Discovery Channel. Yep. The biker build off bike, um, and then um. I own an FXR too. Okay. That I redid uh, after my mom passed. I took some time and just just worked on that project for myself. We have a good friend, a mutual friend, Meltdown from WRAF. Oh Riff, yeah, yeah, yeah. Riff here in Detroit, and I was talking to him last night. I was having a drink, and, and he was on his way home from from his show, and and uh, he goes, "Ask him what his favorite Harley is. What is your <laughs> favorite Harley?" Uh. I really like the the FXR. I always okay. have. It's it's been one of my favorite bikes for a long time. <laughs> it was the first the first big twin Harley I had was a, was a R. Yeah, and uh, you know they're they're real popular again today, um, because you can do a lot with them as far as rideability goes. Um, but I always like to cut them up and stretch them out a little bit you know right (laughs) because that's what you do yeah yeah i i i was thinking that um have you ever like what's the oldest craftsman you have ever ran into because you've been doing this a long time what's the oldest person that that you couldn't believe that they were as old as they were and still doing what they love all the time yeah geez i don't know I mean, I, have you, you met know, some really old people that you're like that that they were still doing? Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think you know once you you do something like this, I, I don't think you really. I don't think there's an off button. You right. know what I mean? Yeah, there's yeah. no day in life. What's where, the youngest? Have you ever ran into a kid that you're like, wow, absolutely. I cannot believe yeah. how young you are, and look what you're creating these days. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't think I can give you ages, but right, I've, right. I've met a lot of young guys doesn't that, and doesn't women that, that are. Does that make you feel good? Absolutely, yeah, because it gives you hope. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like, all right, cool. You get it. Trade schools are starting to become such a big thing anymore. And it's so cool. Yeah. Like I'm speaking at one next month and I'm so excited because I'm speaking for 400 students in one community. That's awesome. That's going to, tr- uh, to a trade school. Yeah, that's We're great. talking high school kids yeah. <laughs> going to a trade school. 400, Eric. That's cool. That's exciting. And those of, the, of you that, that can't see this, Eric is like smiling right now. 400 <laughs> kids in one community at yeah. a trade school. That, Very that, that cool. is so cool. Um, you've met a lot of different craftsmen throughout the years. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed what they all have in common? Like there has to be one common thing. There's a number of traits. Yeah. Like what? Well, I think a lot of times, probably the majority of the people I've worked with really, you know, they're not necessarily driven by the same thing that a lot of other people are. You know, like a lot of people are really, they're driven by money and they're driven by um, these outside influences. And a lot of the people I work with don't really have that same... uh, way of life, I guess. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, absolutely. Like one thing I've learned uh, and really learned to appreciate is that, you know, sometimes we, we, we think about our value in life as a monetary value, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's not really a great way to live life. How do you want to, how do you want to leave your legacy? And it, 
the, the reason why I asked that is because I was asked this years and years ago before I even got started as a professional speaker. He says, think long and hard of the legacy that you want to leave behind and how you want to leave it. And I thought to myself, I want to be on everybody's self-development shelf, but I don't want to be like anybody else's. Right. And you know, I didn't. I didn't do it like anybody else. I did it my way. I don't right. know if it was the right way or not, but like people are like, oh, don't burn the bridge. No, I burned every single bridge so I couldn't go back to do <laughs> what I was doing. I burned every single one of them down because I didn't want to go back. Right, right. And I just want to, I, I want to be on everybody's self-development shelf. I want someone to say, Johnny D was the same guy on the stage as he was sitting here hanging out with me. Yeah, yeah. I want him to be the same guy. No, that's great. What legacy do you want to leave? Honestly, I'd like to be a good dad. Yeah. You know, like I'd like to be a good dad and, you know, hopefully inspire a couple people to recognize craftsmanship again and, and maybe, you know, spend some time with their hands. Yeah. You know, realize they can do it. What's the longest you've ever stayed up to, to finish one job? And, and I was laughing about this because watching all your shows. Yeah. I'm like, there had to have been some really late nights. Like, you, like, like there are certain things you can't fake on TV. Oh yeah. And staying up is one of them. When you walk in and you look like a zombie, you probably were a zombie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's been a, a lot of projects where you just work through the night, you know, you work a couple of days in a row and you get very little sleep. And yeah. You might do that for, you know, a month or whatever, a couple of weeks, but I try not to do that as much anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's because we're getting older. That's why. <laughs> I, I just, I, I don't, I don't like rushing anything. Right. You know, I, it rushing, I don't like rushing anything cause it just, it, it changes the purpose of what you're doing. Absolutely. You know? Yeah, absolutely. I totally understand that. What's a craft that you still want to learn? Oh, there's a ton of them, man. Yeah. Like every single, every single thing that I, <laughs> that I do, I want to learn more about, you yeah. know, and, uh, metal shaping and woodworking and working with leather and, you know, Ceramics, I really enjoyed. And, really? You know, oh yeah, yeah. Like literally, see that that seems like it would be kind of fun because you can literally just like wad it back up and start all over again. What's one of the toughest ones being on the show and you've done so many different things? What's one of the the uh, the um, one of the things you 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 were trying to make that you just could not get it? Or or are you just one of those guys that you got every single one of them? No, 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 no. A lot of them. I mean, like it, you know, working with your hands is 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 technique, right? Mm -hmm. And and dexterity, right? Yep. So it's it's sort of understanding um, your hand placement and your your muscles and and sort of how you're manipulating that material, right? And so everything you're working with, no matter if it's molten glass or it's stone or it's, you know, yarn or whatever, it, it all requires a little bit of different finesse work and, right. and technique. And it just takes time to learn that. I know? was watching the, and the reason why I asked that is because I was watching the one that you were doing a fly rod with a husband and oh, wife yeah, yeah, yeah. and you literally handcrafted a fly rod yeah. out of bamboo. Yeah, yeah. And and I was I was watching that and I was like stressed out like just watching it because it, it was like you you were you were cutting these I mean yeah it was just crazy <laughs> I don't even know how to describe it but I was all tensed up wondering if that was going to if if it was going to make it 
You know? Yeah, for sure. For sure. And and uh, I've screwed up a lot of stuff. <laughs> you know? <laughs> is, is, is there ever been somebody that just says, man, you know, I was so glad to see that this show is finally wrapped up because you're awful at this. <laughs> uh, like, like, like and, and, and having fun doing it. You know yeah, what I no, mean? No, I understand <laughs> what you're saying. Uh, nobody's ever really come out and said that, but there was a lot of stuff, you know, like when I was working with uh, Maple Smith, who's a, um, a spinner, uh, I, you know, that was something I, I, it was a challenge, you know? And yeah. I mean, she can do it without even paying attention. She could watch TV and do it at the same time. And, yeah. you know, I struggled with it because, you know, it's just not something I do all the time. So it was, <laughs> it was a challenge for me. What's a, what, what's a trick of the trade when it comes to building bikes or working with metal? Like everybody has a trick of the trade. Um, well, working with anything, you should be you should be thinking ahead of where you are now. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like you should be concentrated on what you're doing, but you need to have the next step planned out ahead of time. Did you have to learn how to be the host of a show? Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And the reason why I ask is because just like you said, you went from building bikes to, to having your own show. Yeah. So do you have just a great director or are you also the director no. and the talent and no, I'm not the director. <laughs> you, no. you have you you have a team, and so yeah. you obviously have somebody really good that tells you what to do. Yeah, because none of it's scripted, right? No, no, it's not scripted in that in the sense that you're referring to. I right. think you know where we have uh, scripted dialogue. The show format itself is scripted, so that there's, um, you know, we know we're moving from step A to step B to step C type of thing. Right, right. right. You have an outline. So it's, it's scripted in that sense, but. Um, becoming a host of a show, you know, that's something I work at every time we're filming. You know, I, I try to do a better job than I did the day before. Right. You right. Know, and, and you learn. Would you consider yourself to be an artist, a craftsman or both? Uh, and that, and that question came in on Twitter and I couldn't wait to ask you that one yeah. because, it, because it's a good one. Well, we asked that. That's a question I ask on every show. Or do you th look at yourself as an artist or a craftsman? And, and well, see, um, I didn't even know I was stealing one of your lines. It's, it's, <laughs> I'm throwing it right back at you. From every show, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, it's funny because man, some people get pretty worked up about it. Not the people on the show, <laughs> right? but you know, especially online people, some people get really worked up about it. And, and, and the thing is, is it's like, it's not a right or wrong answer. Mm -hmm. It's, it's how you perceive yourself, right? right? Like, Absolutely. what do you want to admire or, or what do you aspire to be? You know? And, um, I don't look at myself as an artist. I never have, I, I would never, uh, meet somebody and say, I'm an artist mm -hmm. and, and other people might view me that way, but that's just not how I see myself. You know, I, I really, uh, would like to be called a craftsman. Right. You know, is there one person you would love to build a bike for? Like just hypothetically. No, not really. No, no. I mean, it doesn't like, care. You, you, know, you don't care. Like it'd be, yeah, it'd be great to build a bike for Jesus. You know? like, no, there's nothing. What like, would that, what would that bike be like? I don't be, know. Because listen, why you had, you had two customers come in. Yeah. Right. You had two, two customers come in and we took the dog for a walk. Yeah. Yeah. And one thing that we both again have in common is that we're both Catholic. Yeah. Yeah. What would the bike be like if you were able to build a bike for Jesus? That's it. Look at this is not even scripted either. 
You know, I don't know, man. I don't would it know. be white? I think what I, color would it be? I think I'd have to talk to JC and see what he what, what he has in mind, like how he wants to use it. You know, like and go from there. Um, I remember I did I did a bike for for a church a number of years ago to to raffle off and raise some money for for uh, water uh, wells in Kenya, and um, it came to paint, and they said, "Well, what do you?" You know, it was a group effort, so mm-hmm. there was a lot of people from the the church community involved with it and whatnot. And and um, they said, "What do you think for for paint?" And I said, "Well, honestly, I'll tell you what I'd do. Like, I think it'd be kick to like get a really awesome airbrush artist and do this like, you know, mural of of uh, of Jesus like beating the shit out of Satan with like, you know, some knuckles on and all this other stuff, you know." And and they thought that was a little too much, but um. You know, I don't know. I I uh, I was raised a Catholic, went to Catholic school, and um, so you're a good Catholic boy. I because I graduated from Aquinas High School in Southgate, so yeah. I, I didn't know that that you went to a Catholic school as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, from from first to twelfth, okay. I went to Catholic schools, and um, you know, went to went to church all the time, and 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 then I stopped going after I graduated. Like mm-hmm. I was like, man, I had enough of this. Right. And I think we all do. Yeah. And then eventually you sort of find your way back Absolutely. into it. And, and now I really um, enjoy that time. You know what I mean? And well, what's and, a phrase you live by every single day? Because we just, all do. I try to be nice to other people. I really do. I try to. Uh, I try to, I believe in people, you know, I believe that people want to do the right thing mm-hmm. and, uh, there's plenty of in the world yeah. and there's plenty of people in life that are going to tell you, you can't do something. Yeah. Um, but I, I try to tell people otherwise, you know, like yeah. don't, you got to ignore all those other people, man. Did just two weeks ago, there was a billion dollar lottery. Yeah. Did yeah. you buy a ticket? I bought one ticket. Okay. Yeah. If you would have won that $1 billion, I'm going to ask you a question that my daughter asked me. She says, Dad, I already know the answer to this, but if you won that $1 billion, what would you do tomorrow? I'm going to ask you that. If you would have won that $1 billion, I'd do the would, same, would, same would, would thing anything I'm doing change today? I knew you, know, you were going to yeah. say that. So when, when when I thought about this question, I didn't build this my morning, life around money. No, 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 I mean? no, no. But, <laughs> but there's a lot of people that things would change if they had a billion dollars in the bank. I wouldn't change anything. I would still go to my gig this weekend in Texas. I would still be working on my next CD. I, I there was I wouldn't change anything about my life. Yeah. And I knew, I knew you were going to say the exact same thing. Yeah. Like I, I love what I do. I, I'm, I live a blessed life, dude. Like, yeah. honestly, I, I live a blessed life, man. I, I get to do this. I haven't had a real job in 20 years. You know what I mean? Like, and, and I, I'm very grateful for that opportunity. So Eric, and, and I know you've heard this a million times, but they say you never work a day in your life when you love what you do. And there's truth to that. You know, I mean, it, it it's it's stressful at times. Mm-hmm. Like there's plenty of times when you're, you know, constantly worried about cash flow and mm-hmm. worried about like, oh shit, man, I don't have enough money to pay the rent or yeah, uh, what the hell's gonna happen or, you know, what am I gonna eat? Has know? there ever been a time in the last twenty years that you wanted to give up and just say, you know what, I'm done? 
Uh, I've been pretty close to a couple times where I, th- it wasn't necessarily that no, I, I pre- wanted- I'm, I'm, I'm giggling because I'm a, I appreciate you being honest Yeah, because there's a lot of people like, Oh no, I love, so I appreciate you being honest because this is what this yeah, show is man. about is about people being real because I want people to realize that their problems are just the same as mine and yours and everybody else. So it's, again, I, it's not necessarily like wanting to give up. No. It's, it's, it's like, man, like I'm really tired of getting kicked in the balls every day. You know right. what I mean? Like, you, you know, you feel like you're taking, you know, a step forward and then you get, you know, kicked back 10 steps right. and that type of stuff. And, and, uh, so sometimes you think like, I don't know, man, like why? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, there's been, there was one time, one time it was, it was a while ago. I, I, I was pretty close to filing, you know, to yeah. just shutting it down because I didn't think I'd be able to, to hang on. And, uh, and I'll tell you what, man, uh, it wasn't 30 days later. I had a, a check in the bank for over a hundred thousand. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. I mean, it was like, like you gotta have faith too. Uh, yeah, it was like, what the hell? Like <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> literally, like less than 30 days ago, I'm trying to I was you know, negative a hundred dollars yeah, and now I'm a hundred grand in there. Trying to like <laughs> get them from not taking my pickup and you know, I'm arguing with the bank to get money back in my account, you know, and uh, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah, and then, it, right. and then I've it's been there. like holy shit, now yeah. I got all this work and I don't know what I'm gonna do, you know? I I I I'm laughing because I remember when I first started, I had an old pickup truck, okay? I got rid of everything, so I had a little bit of money that I could live off. And I bought a pickup truck from my brother. Now, the side window was busted out of it. The back window had a crack in it. And every gig that I had to go to, I had to park two blocks away and walk in because I didn't want them to see what I was driving. Yeah. Because I yeah. was the guy that had it together. Yeah. Yeah. Right? I was the You're entertainment. You're the guy that's, that's motivating other people. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. And so I remember those days, man. And But you know, that's who, and that's what made me who and what I am today. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So um, I, is there any one last thing that you want to leave? Because I can't believe it. It's it, It's been an hour, but- um, is there any one thing that you want to leave uh, this podcast with? And, and what I mean by that is, you know that there's a lot of people out there that are lost. And and it could be just lost at that moment that you bring inspiration to. I hope so. I'd what, like to. What would, you, what, would, what would you say? If somebody was sitting right here and say, you know what? I look up to you. What would you tell them? You can't give up. You got to believe in yourself, you know? And... Uh... I saw this, I was at the the stables the other day with my daughter and I saw they had this little, uh, I love these little sayings. You never know always who the author is, but um, there was a saying on the wall and it talked about, it talked about today, right? It talked about the fact that, you know, you've got a day in front of you and it's your choice to do something right or do something wrong, right? Make it a positive day Mm -hmm. or make it a day you regret. And, uh, I thought about that a lot. I've been thinking about it a lot last, last couple of days, how true that is. Right. You know, like today's your day. That's it. You know, and life and, is 10% of what happens to you and 90% of how you react to it. Yeah. You know, like I'm always amazed. So many people are like, well, I can't do this or I'm no good at that. And everybody forgets, like you talked about it earlier, you know, everybody sees you now 
uh, as as the motivational cowboy, right? But mm-hmm. they don't see the last twenty years of life. <laughs> That's right. Right. I became famous after after twenty years of being broke. <laughs> right. and, and that happens with actors and and, every, and entertainers and musicians yep. and everything else, right? You see them like when they're they're accepting that award, mm-hmm. but you don't you don't see the backstory and and you don't realize that every single person out there had day one. Yeah. Every single person had that first day on the job. That's right. That first day of exposure, that first day of music lessons or whatever it is, everybody's been there, you know, but it's it's just having that that attitude that you're just going to continue trying to do a better job today than you did yesterday, man. That's what's going to keep pushing you forward. I've watched people get st- starstruck being around you have you ever or do you ever get (laughs) starstruck uh no not really because you know um i don't know people are people it's just what you do for a living type of thing you know it's yeah i mean i don't either but it's just kind of funny how people again i i see it all the time that uh, they get excited about being around somebody famous, you yeah. know, and I'm um, the jackass that's, that's, that, that's <laughs> asked, you know, music celebrities and stuff, what they do for a living. Cause I don't know who they are. Right. You know, like <laughs> that's happened to me more than once. And, and it's not, I don't mean any disrespect no. by it. It's just, I don't, they're normal. People. I don't know where the hell I am. Exactly. You know what I mean, and, I like, Eric because of who Eric is. I don't like Eric because you're a great bike builder. I don't I'm I don't like you because you have a, a cool TV show. I like you because you're you. And that's where people have to be comfortable with themselves. God's truth, man. I, I asked Miranda Lambert what she did for a living. <laughs> Are you kidding me? No. What did she say to you? <laughs> she did said, she look at you like you were crazy? She, no, she just said I'm a singer. <laughs> Has that ever happened, like, with anybody else? Sure. Before we wrap this up, who else? Tell me. Come on. No, I don't <laughs> You're like, no. I didn't know who she was. I, I loved her music. Yeah. I just never saw a picture of her. You know what yeah. I mean? And and this was a quite some time ago. It was, she wasn't quite the name she is today. Right. But, you know, but uh, it was, uh, I forget where I was. I was at a concert, but um, <laughs> I think it was a Kenny Chesney concert I was at. And, and anyways, but... Um, yeah, man, I, you know, I, I was just being a nice guy, you know, like yeah. just shooting the shit and we were talking <laughs> at the bar thing and, oh, you know, she's like, why are you here? Like, Me? Why are you here? But well, yeah, I mean, you know, I just try to be nice to people. No, that's so cool. Well, we're going to wrap things up. I, Eric, I can't, I can't even thank you enough for hanging out with me for this last hour. Thanks for having me, buddy. And you and buddy, yeah. your, your shop dog, buddy. <laughs> well, this is Johnny D, the motivational cowboy, telling all of you to have yourselves an outstanding day. And don't forget to follow me on Facebook at Motivational Cowboy, on Twitter at MC Johnny D number four, Instagram, Motivational Cowboy. And Eric, I forgot your social media. Do you... How do you, how can people find you? I mean, you you do have a really nice website because I've been there several times. Thanks. And um, so yeah. obviously, Voodoo Choppers. Yeah, there's uh, the Voodoo Choppers site. There's Craftsman's Legacy site. Then there's uh, the social media accounts and all that stuff. And that's on the uh, websites. Oh right? yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. And again, you can download all of the Outstanding Life podcast at soundcloud.com forward slash outstanding life. You can also go to motivationalcowboy.com to download all of them. Again, this is Johnny D, the Motivational Cowboy, telling all of you, be safe, have fun, and have yourselves an outstanding day. We'll see you next episode right here. Outstanding Life is a Soul Bridge Studio production.